Ready for actionable tips to build trust in your organization? Well, today's episode is for you. Are you a leader trying to get more from your business and life? Me too. So join me as I document the conversations, stories, and advice to help you achieve what matters in your life. Welcome to Unbound with me, Chris Dubois. Natalie Doyle Oldfield helps companies to develop relationships rooted in trust, leading them to measurable success in both sales and career advancement. She has a background in IT marketing and years of experience as an entrepreneur, being recognized as one of Canada's most inspiring women business leaders and entrepreneurs. Natalie has been named one of the world's top thought leaders in trust by Trust Across America. She has compiled her knowledge as the author of The Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It. And I am excited to jump into this conversation. Natalie, welcome to Unbound. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah. So I would love to start with your origin story. Okay. Well, I don't know how far you want to go back in the origin. I'll just share a a little bit of the background. Before I started my company, Success Through Trust, 10 years ago, Now, um, I had spent 25 years in the IT industry working in a variety of different roles. So I worked uh, in marketing, I was a product manager at one point, in communications, and in sales roles at the very end of my career when I was chief marketing officer for a software company. And we did business all around the world. And I actually lived and worked pretty close to where you are. I lived and worked for many years in Connecticut, loved it there, loved the Northeast. And so after working for all these years in IT, always in a marketing type role, whether it was sales or communications or product management, Lead activation is what one of my uh, colleagues used to call us. I was asked for for several times by my manager to take over the role of sales. Now, at the time, I was vice president of marketing for a software company, and I really didn't Mm. want to do this, Chris. I just (laughs) really was very uncomfortable with it for a variety of reasons. Everything was going great. And the reality is I was terrified. Like, what if I'm not successful? Because for everyone listening that's in sales, you know, it's about every month, every quarter, every order. And, you know, it's it's very accountable. However, I always loved and still do love meeting with customers. So I was always very involved with the customer conversations. So much so that my manager said, who was the CEO, come on, like, you'll love this and you'll be great at it. So finally, I said yes and became chief marketing officer responsible, not only for marketing, but for sales. And then very quickly, the whole market changed. It was a long time ago. It was 2008. And people stopped buying software and services related to IT in the hospitality sector because we had a market crash. So I had to figure out really quickly how to be successful in this brand new job and this brand new role. So I looked around to figure out, okay, well, how do people sell? And because I had never done that. And 
I always had just focused on relationships and trying to figure out what the customer priority was. And so in doing that, I asked around and talked to the people that I thought got results. And mm-hmm. what I learned pretty quickly, they all came back to me and said, you know, just keep focusing on relationships and focusing on the customer. Fast forward about three or four months, we did do that. And luckily, the sales went up and everyone on our team just focused on the customer, Chris. That's really what we did. We just figured out how can we support them? How can we do everything we can to help them out? Mm -hmm. And like I said, about three months later, our sales started to go up and about 12 months after that, I decided to go back to school and I did a graduate degree in communications. And I went in to answer the question, how is it that customers in a business to business environment decide to buy? And I wasn't in very long. And I learned that it actually all comes down to one thing. It all comes down to trust. We all decide to buy based on trust. It's actually the foundation for every buying decision. And there's been a lot of academic research. Some, you know, people have won awards and prizes because of this. It's, it all comes down to emotions and trust. I got so excited about this that um, taught my team, created while doing my research, steps to follow, Mm -hmm. to learn how to build trust, did lots of academic research, graduated eventually from that, and and started teaching it full-time to everyone I knew. And it was phenomenal because um, people were getting results. And I continued my research after graduation and created and built, I developed this framework called the eight principles of trust and this model for people to follow to build, manage, and protect relationships of trust with their customers. And um, I love doing it. And like I said, people were getting results. So then I actually tested it out. I also created a measurement tool because my whole career, I have... um, you know, have always had my practical hat on and and believe that, you know, what we can manage, we must be able to measure. What we can measure, we can manage. So I actually built a measurement tool too. Uh, It's called the Client Trust Index and it measures a customer's trust in an organization. And we tested this out over many years. And what we have found is that when people apply the eight principles of trust, they do have increased business. So you can measure trust, you can manage it, you can protect it by applying these principles. So eventually, I, you know, I just decided I got to teach as many people as I can how to do this. So, you know, my website uh, has some language on it around that I'm on a mission to help business owners and leaders grow. I'm all about helping them build relationships of trust And that's how I believe that we can all grow. And so I started doing workshops and teaching people this. And then a couple of years in, um, 
some of my clients would say, can you, can you just write this all down? Are you ever going to write a book about this someday so that we have some follow-up things? So the other part of my origin story is, um, as you mentioned, I have written a book. It's called The Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It. And um, you can find it on Amazon.com. And that is really, you know, in a very quick way, in a couple of minutes, the origins, how it got started. And there's a lot more in there. I'm happy to share whatever else I can. But, you know, that's the quick version. Um, love, love working and uh, connecting with business owners and leaders. And that's really how it started. I, I saw that there's a need. And it was really getting results for people. And the other thing is, I saw that everybody doesn't know how to do it, Chris. Mm -hmm. Some people have a lot of interpersonal skills. However, there are a lot of folks that go to school or go to university or in a very technical role, and they maybe don't go to university or college, and they're in customer-facing positions. And they're required to interact with a customer, yet they don't really know how to do it. And, or they're not confident in doing it. Right. And trust is a skill that you can learn and you can mm -hmm. develop. So that's, that's also a big part of my origin, if you will, that I love showing people how to do this and giving them the tools and the systems and the step-by-step -step methodology so that everyone can feel confident and everyone in a, on a team can build relationships of trust with their customers, whether the customer is outside the company or another department inside the company, depending on what their role is. Right. Awesome. I'm sure we're going to dive in deeper to some of these areas, uh, but to start, so you said something uh, I think very important for, for business owners to understand, especially within B2B. The two reasons yeah. people buy are emotions and then trust. Yes. So what is it about trust that gets someone to actually decide, hey, this is a company I want to do business with? Well, so emotions are part of trust, okay? So yep. Yep. they're basically three components that make up the decision to trust. And out of those three components come the eight principles of trust. So those three components are how we communicate, how we behave, and how we serve. So emotion is part of all those decisions. And actually, we decide to trust Chris based on how people do in all those areas. And when it's face to face and we're looking at facial expressions, it actually happens in about 33 milliseconds. And the fact is, first we decide to trust, then we decide to buy. So it truly is, as I mentioned, foundational. And it, it's really the one thing we should focus on first, because if I don't trust, then I'm not going to look at someone's products or services or try to understand their capabilities. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And so what I find fascinating is that you've taken something that like, I feel like a lot of people use lean on trust as purely emotional and like something yeah. that is you can't necessarily quantify, but you've taken the scientific approach to it. We're yes. like, well, no, we can actually break it down as almost a soft skill right into multiple other skills. 100%. And, uh, Chris. Yeah. Right. And so I guess now how do you when you're looking at building trust, let, let's get into some of these principles and, uh, and talk about things that we can be doing to help people trust us more. Okay. Um, sure. So I do believe it is an essential skill. And many of my clients and many of my colleagues say it's a soft skill. Yes. I would also say it's a core skill. And when you know how to build trust, all these great things happen. And so to get into it, just as an example, I'll share with you um, a story of one of my clients that I worked with recently who had a transformation and he was applying principle number one. So principle number one, Chris, is listen carefully with empathy and compassion, question and involve the other person in a conversation or the decision that affects them. So that's a mouthful. Shortened is listen carefully with empathy. So that is step number one. And as you know, I mean, we all have, we all can think of someone that we kind of instantly trust or can connect with, right? We had our our mm-hmm. um, pre-interview, we had a great chat. It, it was very quick for us to connect. Right. For lots of folks, it's not that easy. So mm-hmm. one fellow that I want to tell you a story about is Andrew. And this is a true story. He was part of, I have a trusted advisor certification program. It's 45 days. Mm-hmm. And really, we start with, with foundational, how do people decide to trust? And then they finish. And they're what I would call a trusted advisor, the one that a client would go to. So Andrew really... He was very uh, experienced. He's a professional engineer with a master's in business administration. So, you know, with this PNG and MBA, he was in a senior role in his company. In fact, he was responsible for business development. And so he actually connected with me initially over LinkedIn last fall, like it, it was last fall slash winter, November, December, and said, you know, I'm really interested in this program. And I said, well, Okay, great. Tell me about why. So what I always do ahead of time is figure out if this is the right program for them. And really, I want to understand what are their objectives? What kind of results are they looking for? So I talk to them. And then I also talk to their leader, their manager. So in this case, it was his CEO because he was already on the leadership team. So we want to make sure we're aligned. And as they go through the program, I help them achieve the results they want to achieve. So he said, well, I'm doing business development. The market we're feeling is, is softening. We don't have the forecast that we thought we were going to have. And I want to be proactive and deepen relationships with some of our current clients. We want to make sure I retain these clients. But I also feel like there's more business in these current clients. And for whatever reason, they're not telling me about it, but I, I know there's more business there. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's lots of 
examples of organizations that they know there's untapped potential revenue with their existing customers. So he joined the program. It was wonderful. And by module two, which I call session two, when we're talking about empathy and listening carefully, we were doing an exercise and the, he, he kind of had an epiphany. So meaning, you know, the light bulb went off and we're in a group setting. There's, you know, 12 to 15 people. And he's like, you know what? I just realized I'm not looking at the emotional side of the customer. So I bring the example up of him because you mentioned emotion, Chris. So it's a big part of empathizing with the customer, with the client. And so through these exercises, he really learned to empathize with customers. And I mean, the, the, you know, the ripple effect was colleagues too. And he had a team of people that he manages. So it was phenomenal. Um, But on the customer side, it was really great because he tweaked a few ways that he approaches the customer. And Mm -hmm. within, I would say, 60 days or so, maybe a little less because we were still in the program. So I guess less, maybe six weeks um, he got a refer- he was starting to get referrals. So he got one referral that came in from a current customer. Right. And as we all know, a referral is what I would call a signal that you are a trusted advisor, that your client thinks you're doing a great job. Right. They love the service. They love what you offer and they believe in you and, you know, they trust you. So that would be an example of one of the principles. And it, it's also an example of how we make it practical and how you can measure it, right? He, he got a referral. And in that company, they do measure referrals. Mm-hmm. So he finished the program in um, the end of March. And um, since then, you know, he has gotten, he has received more business from inside his his accounts, that was a big um, right. objective for him was to retain and grow his existing accounts. I think what's the most um, you know, insightful by getting that referral through that kind of stemmed through the program, right? Yeah. The when you when you get a referral, someone basically trusts you enough yes. that they're willing to put their reputation on the line. That's right. To share with someone else. <laughs> That's right. And so. Right. So like, I mean, that is a very easy way to, to see that, Hey, I am building yeah, trust because yeah. someone else is, is willing to do that. Um, and so that's, so that's also a lot of trust building, I guess, with that too, comes down to the reputation that you're able to, to build, right. Because you're constantly trying to, I mean, build this trust with everybody so that you are someone who everyone knows can be trusted. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the, the challenges, am I might <laughs> This maybe this is a pessimistic view. I don't like being a pessimistic person. I feel like trust is fleeting in a lot of companies today. Yeah. Um, where it's just really hard for people to to prioritize it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we now you have a system for building trust? How do we stop have people use it for good rather than to manipulate people? Right? Because if you know some of the scientific tricks to get around this, like bad actors may be trying to Yeah. 
so, you know, do that. And so now. What a great yeah. question, Chris. So no one has asked me this or framed it like this, um, but it's a great question. So, so there's two parts to that. So the first part I'll respond to is how do you get around people that might want to, you know, not be authentic? Well, right. The framework and the system that I build is is based on applying principles. So we need to all apply mm-hmm. the principles of trust in ways that are authentic to us. The opposite of authenticity is fake, right? And so yep. we humans know that when someone's not being sincere and they're not being authentic, they're not trustworthy. And Mm-hmm. So you can't, in my opinion, you can't, you can't fake it. Um, you, you have to earn it and it's fragile. And if we sense that someone is not trustworthy, um, then all of everything that's happened is dispelled. Right. And we start, and we start doubting everything they've said in the past and everything they're going to say in the future. So mm-hmm. I would say that, um, you know, one of the ways is when you apply the principles, it, you know, that's how you are authentic because you apply them in a way that's sincere to you and how you behave. Right. Um, and, and the other point you made, which I think is very um, significant is that, um, you mentioned, you know, companies or people not putting a priority on it. Well, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's a, there's a very significant business case for trust. 80% of people worldwide buy from people and companies they trust. This is not a regional thing. This is not a cultural thing. This is not a generational thing. We buy from people we trust. So it makes good business sense. We stay with, continue to buy from, and do more business with people we trust. And, and we all know it, it costs a lot more money to get a brand new customer than it does to keep our customers. We all know that, right? There's a famous, you know, study that was published about 20 years ago now, and they update it regularly that um, a 5% retention rate in customers can be 75 to 95% in profits. It's it's very significant to keep our customers. And so in terms of companies not putting a priority on it, to me... It's, it's actually the most important thing to focus on your customers. And for every company, no matter if you have the best product in the world or the best service in the world or the best mousetrap, the best, you know, the, the strongest, best features or the most professional advice, no one's going to buy your advice or pay for your services unless they trust you. And mm-hmm. for every organization, the critical trust risk point where the rubber hits the road is the people. 
So, yep. you know, I love working with companies that place a priority on customer relationships and the customer experience. Because it's those that prioritize that are going to have the competitive advantage. One, just pulling that statistic that you just yeah. shared with a, like if getting that 5% lift yes. and just reducing turnover can increase profits by 90%, even if it was 75%, yes. right? 50%. Yeah. If you make, if it's such a lift, why would you not invest those profits now into training for trust yes. to continue improving your, your turnover. Yes. Uh, like it just seems like a the perfect way to, to boost your business, your, you know, your bottom line yeah. without a ton of effort. Like, well, I mean, and the other thing in, in today's environment, so many companies that I work with, and I'm sure your clients too share the fact that it's really challenging to find top talent and it's really challenging to keep top talent. So mm -hmm. to your point about investing, when you invest in your people and teach them new skills, they want to stay with you. And when you invest in, now I'm very biased. However, I have seen the results. When you invest in your current employees and when they all know how to build relationships of trust with customers and, and maintain and protect relationships, they then are helping you grow the company. In other words, mm -hmm. they're all growing the revenue. It's not just leaving it because I really don't think we should be just leaving it to the sales team, right? right? Everybody has a part to play in the customer's decision to work with your company. And everyone has a part to play in building a relationship of trust. Everyone. Right. And one of the I guess, additional benefits to being able to build trust in order to get more customers is that by having these skills of trust, those are yeah. used inside your organization as well, right? 100%. Where now your, your leadership is going to be more trusted by, by their team. And so like yeah. people generally don't leave companies, they leave bad managers. And so. You know what? It's so true. Um, I saw a statistic a few years ago and every once in a while, if I'm doing a presentation to a large company meeting or, you know, at a conference when there's people from different companies, I, I ask people to raise their hand if um, they have someone at work that they trust. And it's, it's awesome. Everybody raises your hand. It's great. And then I say, keep your hands raised if you trust your boss. <laughs> and that's what happens. So this statistic, yeah. which I find... <laughs> Crazy is that 50% of employees do not trust their boss. Right. Well, so to your point, we, we should be focusing on it. And, uh, you know, the great news is um, the world's most successful companies are focused on it. And they, they do know that, you know, it's practical. You can make it practical and you can learn how to build trust. And, you know, um, it's uh, it's phenomenal that when you think about um, what a wonderful business case it is. Right. No, that's awesome. Uh, now, if I me coming in with like my CEO hat on, yeah, I say awesome. Trust is great, but how do I actually measure if we're building trust? If we're actually doing the right things in order yeah. to to see it? You fortunately have 
created a way to actually measure um, performance, I guess, and trust. I would love to hear more about it. Well, there's a couple things you could do. There's one thing that's very simple um, Mm -hmm. and quick and takes probably three minutes. Um, If you you or some of your listeners go to my website, which is successthroughtrust.com, you can download a team trust assessment. It's complimentary. There's a series of questions that that um, you can look at to see if the you know this two minute assessment to see if people on your team are building trust or not. It really identifies strengths and weaknesses. And if some you know if if um, a CEO, as you said, or a leader wants to do that. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to download that and you could schedule a 30 minute call and I would be happy to go through that with you. A more involved way. So that doesn't give you a quantifiable score. However, it, you know, ask questions around um, current uh, clients. It asks questions around do people have the skill set to build relationships and it asks questions about your priorities. For those that really want to dig deeper, um, I do work with companies to measure their customers' experience in them. And like I said, I have a diagnostic and that's a bigger project. It's a three month, three to four month. And we actually get a quantifiable score of someone's trust equity. The majority of people that I work with, um, we do this assessment. And um, sometimes I measure a company's trust of their customers. You know, they could have 10,000 customers, they could have 100 customers that we would do it. It's a survey. Um, However, that, like I said, is a longer project. Um, The assessment will Mm -hmm. give you a pretty good indicator of how you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Those are two things that we can do to take action right now. Are there, are there any other things someone listening to this episode could leave with that you would say, Hey, this is what you need to be doing just to start building trust within your organizations for your customers, for your teams. What could they be doing today? To start what I would suggest Mm -hmm. is start noticing are we are we trustworthy are we focused on and deliberately working on building relationships of trust chris so as i mentioned in every company the critical trust risk point comes down to the people so one way to start would be think about the folks in your organization that are in customer facing roles. Do they have the skills? Do they breed confidence? Do they now do they know how to communicate effectively with customers? Or are they in customer meetings and they're turning the customer off? Are they um, you know, are they confident? Is everybody confident to reach out and have a conversation that's appropriate with a client? Um, if, if you have people on your team 
that don't have what, as you mentioned, the soft skills, mm-hmm. most likely they don't have these trust building skills. And so the trust building skills yeah. are, you can learn them and it is a step-by-step process. And, mm-hmm. you know, it starts with listening. It starts with really being focused on the customer. And there are all these other steps and tools that you can take. But I would say just start by thinking about your team. Those that are customer focused, are they building relationships of trust with your customers? Awesome. Great advice. I will strongly recommend everyone pick up a copy of The Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It. Uh, Get into those principles learn them, apply them. And uh, I I feel like it is almost impossible to not see benefits by just putting this to play. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much, Natalie, for joining us for that conversation. I got three more questions for you, though. Okay. Perfect. What what book, besides your own, because I'm I'm already recommending that to everybody, uh, do you think everyone should read? You know what? There's so many good books out there. This is a really tough <laughs> question for me because I actually really love books. Um, so I love historical fiction because I think we actually learn a lot of lessons from mm-hmm. history. So I'm a huge fan of Ken Follett, any of his books. Um, and I also love business books. And I recently read a book that was Um, written a while ago called The Fred Factor. And it is by Mark Sanborn. And it was a great book. And it focused on the customer experience. And there's so many reasons why I love this book. Um, And I think the main reason is that one of his key messages is that every single person can make a difference every single day and that we can all choose every day to be extraordinary, be phenomenal, be wonderful at our job. And he has a story in his book about um, a postman delivery person who does that every day. And so I, I think that's a great book. Um, yeah, there's lots of great books out there. That's a really good one though. Um, what is next for you professionally? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I love what I do, Chris. I love working with leaders. I love working with technical talent. So folks that are, you know, scientists or engineers or in the IT space, people who haven't learned the soft skills, maybe they're Um, you know, field services reps or project managers, tech talent who are already amazing at their jobs. They are so valuable to their company, yet they just have never had an opportunity to learn these soft skills or core skills to become Mm -hmm. trusted advisors. So I think what's next for me is to continue to work with these folks in my trusted advisor program. I run them every quarter. So the next one starts in September. And um, what's next is just to do more and more of that and um, to do that with companies 
all over because as I said, I'm really on a mission, if you will, to help companies grow. And I love doing that. So that's still what's next for me. I, even though I success through trust is 10 years old, I feel like I'm just getting started. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, where can people find you? Well, you can go to my website, which is success through trust.com. Find me on LinkedIn and it's under my name, Natalie Doyle Oldfield. And if you do go to successfruitrust.com, I do encourage you to download the team trust assessment. If nothing else, you'll get a different view, I'm sure, of your team. And I'd love to hear from you. Um, So LinkedIn or my website, I have a contact page as well. Awesome. Natalie, thank you for joining me. Thanks very much, Chris. It was great to be here and uh, great questions. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. And for more information on how to build effective and efficient teams through your leadership, visit leadingforeffect.com. As always, deserve it.